This is Make a Difference Monday, where we talk about how you can make a difference in yourself, in others, and in the world around you. I'm Courtney Bullard, and today we are joined by Beth Pruitt, and we're going to be talking about the power of prayer. So we want to take three minutes to make a difference in your Monday. So Beth, we're going to quickly go through the four main questions I have for you, and then we'll dive deeper after. So tell us the top three things you want listeners to know about you. I love cold brew coffee. If you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. Once it gets to be warm weather, it's so delicious and smooth. And in Chicago, it's only warm for about like a minute. And so I don't have much in the year to drink cold brew coffee, but I love cold brew coffee. I also love books. I love all types of books. I love helping people find books and find the right book for the right time. And most things in my life right now are things I told God I would never do, but he always knows what's best. And so I love to be able to just remember, remind people God knows what's best. Okay. Top three ways you make a difference in yourself. So I need time with God each morning because if I don't have that, then the, the rest of the day goes downhill um, or uphill. Either way, it's, it's rough. So each morning, I like to spend time just spending time with him in worship, prayer, Bible study, getting up when the house is still quiet. I have a lot of people in my house, and so I need some quiet with God. And I also have had a history of back injury. And so I work out every day. And if I don't, then I will be in pain. So that's something I take care of, do to take care of myself. And it's very intentional. And then I've been trying to practice Sabbath, trying to have 24 hours each week where there's no to-do list. So it's a work in progress of how to make that happen, but that's what I try to do to take care of me. Okay. can't wait to dive into that more. Top three ways you make a difference in others. I love praying over people. Oftentimes we say we're going to pray for people later, but I love just in the moment as we're talking, if they have prayer needs, just to be able to pray for them right then and there. And I also love encouraging people to find a scripture to hang on to. Often in the biggest storms of life, it's a mind battle. We have to think about what we're going to focus our thoughts on. And when we focus on scripture, that's often the way we can navigate the storms. And so I love encouraging people to find the scripture, helping them think of a scripture that they can hang on to in those storms. And I love encouraging others to be praying those scriptures and praying for the things that they're walking through in life. Okay. Top three ways you make a difference in the world around you. I have three kids. I hope that they will grow to love Jesus and to make him Lord of their life and to follow him their whole life. And I want to encourage other parents that are on the same journey of trying to raise their kids. I hope to encourage people to love the local church. God works through the local church. And that's my passion that people can find a local church for God to use in their life for his purposes and his good and his glory. That's amazing. Beth, again, thank you for being on today. And I'm so excited to dive deeper into just your answers that you gave to those rapid fire questions. But I first, I want those listening to get to know you a little bit more. And so you have three children. How old are your children? 13, 11, and nine. Oh my goodness. Okay. First, you do not look old enough to have a 13 year old. I just want to put that out there right now. And you look so rested. Like, is there a red, I guess you work out every day. Is there any other regiment that we need to know? Um, no, I don't know. The coffee and the working out and time with God. The- okay, there we go. Women all listening time with God, coffee and yes. working out and working out. Yes. 
Okay, well, you look great. Okay, so you homeschool all mm-hmm. three of your children. So yeah. have you always homeschooled? Was that something that was on your radar? How did that come to be? So I never planned to homeschool. I actually frequently said I would never homeschool. My husband was always interested in it when we first got married. I was like, you married the wrong girl. That will not be me. But God has a way of changing us through life circumstances. And when my daughter went to kindergarten, but when she was going to be entering first grade, we knew that there'd be a move coming up and we weren't really sure if there'd be a move, when there'd be a move and where it would be too. And so it felt a little uncertain to start her in first grade. And so we started homeschooling. And then um, we just kind of kept doing it and just really enjoyed it. And I felt like some of my kids are different types of learners. And so it was really a way for them to thrive in the ways that God need them. So we've just kind of stuck to it. That's amazing. Okay. So your husband, he, does he preach? Tell us a little about that. Yeah, he preaches. Uh, He like his preaches uh, to people or on the pulpit? Like what? (laughs) Yeah. He's a pastor at a church, but since we're Church of Christ, we don't always say pastor. So, um, but yeah, he preaches at our church. It's a small church in Chicago area. And his love of the word is one thing that first drew me to him. And so he, he does expository preaching, which I love just walking through the text and his heart is for people to fall in love with God through his word and to understand his word in the way that it's so relevant to our day-to-day life. That's amazing. I love that you said that's what you're attracted to and drew you to him because same with my husband that Jesus makes people look good. Yeah. Amen. Right. (laughs) It's a a fact. It's a fact. So, okay. But you also were a youth minister. In fact, Mm -hmm. that's kind of, we knew each other with Courtney Garland. So you want to share about that? Yeah. So um, that's also something that God just led me to. I I ended up majoring in Bible in college and was a youth minister for five years in Charlotte. And that was the same time Courtney was a youth minister in Memphis. And so we had gone to college together and knew each other as youth ministers. And that was when I met my husband and he was in seminary. So um, he was a lawyer in seminary. So when he finished seminary, God kind of transitioned us where I transitioned out of ministry and he transitioned into ministry or I guess paid ministry. I transitioned out of paid ministry and he transitioned in, into paid ministry. Okay. So how long has he been preaching? Well, he started off as an associate pastor for a couple of years, but all that process started in 2006. So he's been in ministry since 2006. Okay. All right. So I want to circle back to when I asked how, what three things you want listeners to know about you. And yeah. um, Coffee, love it. Yes, we're going to add that to all of our regiments. But cold brew, I also cold want to, cold brew, cold brew. Okay. So you love books. Do you have a favorite yeah. book right now? Um, I'm reading Emotionally Healthy Leader by Peter Scazzaro. I think that's his last name. He has Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, The Emotionally Healthy Church. His wife has some books on emotional health. I just really love them. And they have been in ministry for a long time at the same church in Queens, New York. And their journey was, they had a very successful ministry on the outside, but they were missing a lot of emotional health. And so God kind of took this on this, on this journey of learning emotional health. And so now they're ministry to others outside of their congregation is helping others find emotional health in their walk with God, in their service to God through the church or through other, I mean, this book's just for any leader. So I've been really enjoying that right now. Wow. Okay. I'm going to check those out. That sounds amazing and probably much needed for the majority. Yes. So I'm dying to know, you said most of the things in your life are things I said I would never do, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but God always knows what's best. 
Yes. Do you mind share elaborating on that? Sure. So I'll start with the dog. I don't like, I never liked dogs. I'm sorry. I mean, I just didn't. Um, and I never wanted a dog, but when all three of my kids and my husband are like, we want a dog. I was like, okay. So I finally succumbed to getting a dog and we got a Boston Terrier. My husband researched the best dog for me because he was trying to set this up for success. And I love our dog. Princess Leia is her name and she is the best dog ever. I love her. I work on loving other people's dogs still, (laughs) but so I said I would never have a dog, but I love all the things she brings to our family. Like it just helps my kids learn responsibility. They each have a dog day that they have to take the dog out and feed her. And I think that's great for them to take care of the animal. Um, It helps get just, snuggles and warm fuzzies and fun. So that was the first thing. The second thing uh, I also told God I would never homeschool. Right. And so now I homeschool and I also work with our homeschool group. And so I'm helping others homeschool and I'm encouraging others to do it. So we just laugh a lot of, you used to say you never homeschool. And now you're trying to tell everyone that they can, if they want. (laughs) So it's just funny how God works because we, I, I didn't know how much it would bless us. And I also told God I would never move to Chicago. So when my husband was looking for a job, he's like, I'm going to be interviewing in Chicago. I was like, I don't think you should interview because I'm not moving there. (laughs) He's like, I I need to interview. So anyway, long story short, I prayed and God was very clear of this is where I'm calling you. And it's, it's been such a blessing to us. And so we're so happy to be here. We hope to be here for a long, long time. And so even though I told God I'd never move to the North, he knew that it was going to be a blessing to us. So those are kind of the big three things. <laughs> wow. Okay. I want to dive into prayer because we're talking about the power of yeah. prayer. Yes. And here's the one that we definitely were like, we want Beth to come on and talk about prayer and and what that looks like in your life. But you said you start each morning off with God in worship, prayer, and Bible study. And so are you sure just what does that look like? So the worship piece is something that I've recently heard several different people talk about. It's a good way to start your time with God. So sometimes it's been me listening to a song. Sometimes it's been me um, singing a song to myself out loud. Sometimes I've just been singing a song in my head, you know, just like thinking a worship song in my head. And so just starting intentionality of turning all my focus to God and my heart and mind to who God is, because that's what worship is, right? Worship is directing us to God and setting aside all else and refocusing and centering. And so when we do that, we're able to better hear from him. And then also I've, I've been hearing lots of people talk about the importance of starting with confession. So just right away, confessing anything that may be a hindrance to that time with God. And that's, I think it's also a piece of worship is just confessing your sin and accepting God's forgiveness, like telling yourself, okay, God, you thank you for your forgiveness that you have forgiven me. And that really prepares you to be able to hear from him in your time with him. That's really good. I would love to know, what led you to be purposeful in taking the 24 hours of Sabbath rest each week? Because I know that we probably, like I hear that and we know it's important, it's biblical, mm-hmm. but practically it's kind of hard to do maybe sometimes. So maybe what advice or would you have, would you give on that? Yeah, I think I appreciated the emotionally healthy leader because he talks, all of his books, he talks about Sabbath rest. And I think Sabbath is a learning how to do it is the process because our culture is so opposite of Sabbath. So I 
can tend to be a workaholic. I can tend to take on too much and do too much. And so I just found myself at a really place of exhaustion and being worn out. And so recognizing I needed to do something different. And also my, my family, like they need rest too. And so we need to have a rest from this day-to-day um, all the things. And so we just have experimented. We really try to, as a whole family, have the same 24 hours of no to-do list because it's hard to rest if someone else is doing productivity. So, cause then you feel like you have to be productive too, or um, yes. giving them things to do. So, so we try to all take a time of rest and then it's also hard to figure out what exactly is restful for you. Right. Because I mean, part of that is definitely being with God, spending time in Bible study or, um, or really, I mean, I think there's not, there's no rules. Like we, we, Jesus has given us freedom in our Sabbath. We don't have to follow all that the Jews followed, but he does want us to rest. And so it can be different for different people as well. So, so some people in my house, we really want to be with others. Right. And so I have a, a accountability partner I meet with every Sabbath. And so we talk and walk and pray. And so that feeds my soul like no other. And so that's, that's part of my rest. And then we try to do things like maybe do paper plates for 24 hours. So no one's doing the dishes, right. We're just going to use some paper or let's get carry out or have something that's really simple. Or sometimes people in my family, some of them love to cook, right. That's so that gives them joy. And so I'm like, okay, if you want, it doesn't give me joy. I do it because I people, but it's not a Sabbath thing. So they can cook and then we can enjoy that because that's giving them joy. So I think it's just a growing process. You have to kind of experiment. And sometimes like recently one time, we had vacation for several days. And so I worked, so we had, had a good rest. And then I worked on the day I usually Sabbath, but then I ended up, I accidentally had eight days in a row that I was working, right? Cause I didn't think through the eight days. And so by the time I finished the eighth day, I was like about to fall over. I was so tired emotionally, physically, mentally. And I was like, Oh, I accidentally like worked eight days in a row. Like I, I didn't have my six days and then my one day rest. And so it's a growing process, right? Like we're never going to get it exactly right, but God has grace in that. And he meets us and shows us, okay, you're trying to rest, but this is not restful for you, (laughs) you know, or you need to change. Is it the same day every week that you take Sabbath? Yeah, we do. Like I usually do Friday night to Saturday night is my 24 hours of Sabbath because with my husband in ministry, Sundays just often aren't, aren't restful in in that sense. Like, right. not for him. He's, he's working. So I think too, that it would prevent burnout, like in all areas. I feel like it makes you be a better person and better mom. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I mean, yeah. What a challenge for all of us to do that in practical yeah. ways that you've given. And we, it helps us connect. Like I get to really connect with different family members, which mm-hmm. is really good because we don't have anything else going on. I put my phone aside for most of the day I'm working on <laughs> having that aside most of the day. And so it gives us time to connect, which is good and important. And you have to prepare for it, right? So we have to have made sure, do we do all the grocery shopping ahead of time? Like, do we get all the things done? Like you still have to do the things. So you have to find a time to do the things. If you're going to rest for 24 hours, we have to kind of push some other days or longer, right? But that's worth it because then we know, okay, we're going to have a break. Wow. Have you seen a difference in your life since you've been doing that? The 24 hours? Yes. When I'm doing it, I have much less days where I'm just crying a lot. <laughs> so I'm and, and it just, it helps. Um, yeah. It helps. I feel like stay more even keel yep. in all the things. And so there's not as much, exa- yeah, exhaustion. 
Yeah. I think, I think if I was not doing, I don't know if I'd still be able to do the things I'm doing. I think the fact that I'm still, still homeschooling and still serving in leadership in different areas, the fact that I'm still doing it is because I'm resting. If I wasn't resting, I think I would be totally burnt out. Hmm. Well, that's good. Okay. I would love to dive in on the top three ways you seek to make a difference in others. So you said that praying over people and the Mm -hmm. way they need God to work in their lives. So have you, has prayer always been a big part of your life or has that been developed? And can I tell about that? So I think our growing up years are hugely impactful of who we are. And so God just put a lot of instances in my life that gave me a strong belief in the power of prayer. He really gave me that strong belief. And then our youth group growing up, we just prayed a lot out loud. And so as an early teenager, I didn't really think it was an option to pray out loud. I thought you just kind of had to do it. And so I think when you're having to do things as a teenager, when you feel uncertain and there's a lot of insecurities as teenagers, right, then it just becomes normal. And I think people that didn't experience that have a harder time now as adults, often praying out loud. They can have, you know, they can it's different praying out loud, I think, than praying by yourself. So that was just instilled in me. And um, I, I think it's just been the God's grown in me because a lot of the, my favorite speakers and authors have often been very prayer oriented. And that's, I've just been drawn to it and always been hungry to learn more about prayer and to grow in it. So is there, I know you mentioned about encouraging people to find a scripture to hang on mm-hmm. to in the midst of the storm. So is there a scripture that God's really placed on your heart or that he's used maybe in a storm? Um, well, in my journal, I've been keeping a list like of scriptures of for all the different storms. And so um, I was, <laughs> was looking today at, um, I, I decided to be concerned about nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So even just doing a podcast, right? focusing on nothing but Jesus Christ crucified. And so that helps anchor when I'm in leadership, thinking about that. And um, some of, like, I love Philippians 1.9. I pray that my love may abound more and more in knowledge and every kind of insight so that I can decide what is best. And thus be sincere and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ. And that's really one of my homeschool anchoring prayers that my love will abound more and more, right? I, every morning, like help me to love Jesus more and more, help me to love my kids more and more, help me to, and th- that love to grow my knowledge and have insight. I need insight, right? Every day, I don't know what I'm even going to face that day, but God does, and he can give me insight. And that's what I need. I think insight from him so I can decide what's best, right? The only way to decide what's best is if God gives it to us and if God shows us. And then, mm-hmm. then he fills us, he fills us with the fruit of righteousness. So he's going to produce the fruit in our life, not us. And so that's one of my homeschool anchoring scriptures. And then also first Peter or second Peter one, three, God's divine power is bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness through our rich knowledge of him. So God's given us everything we need, but it comes through our knowledge of him. And so that's the key part. And so am I, am I filling my mind and heart with knowledge of him? Which is, I think when we, when we are carrying scripture with us, when it's in our mind, when it's in our heart, that's filling our mind with the knowledge of him. And then it's through that knowledge of him. He is giving us all that we need for life and godliness. And we're able to live out what he's called us to do through that knowledge of him and his word. That's good. Preach it. Good. (laughs) I love that. I love that. What's your favorite all-time scripture? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I really like, so raising kids is, is hard. 
And so um, I really like the armor of God. Like it's, it's hard, like they're all in their journey of learning how to trust God. And so the armor of God of having that belt of truth, you know, having the breastplate of righteousness, are you doing what's right? Having our sword of the spirit, like having our word ready for when the enemy attacks us, having our helmet of salvation and the gospel, the, the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the peace and our shield of faith, all those things. So I, I love that image both for myself, am I armed for the day and are they armed? And then as they encounter struggles, how can they put their armor on? How can they arm themselves with the sword of the spirit or the belt of truth, whatever they're needing in that moment, the gospel of peace, right? Oh, that's good. That's so good. So I know you have three children mm-hmm. and now you have a dog that you love. So my children like to call our dogs. They're, you know, they're part of the family yes. and uh, yes. they're your children. Yes. Um, so how do you find time to pray mm-hmm. each day? What does that look like practically? Uh, it's always a work in progress. So I'm, I, the more I got the morning, like getting up in the morning, I have had to get up earlier and earlier because I've just, I started off. I think it's good to have small goals. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a short, like five or 10 minutes with God before the kids wake up. And then it has grown where I just need more time. So getting up early and my kids, they know they can't come out. They're, they're all early risers. They wake up so early. Um, so they can't leave their room till seven <laughs> because they're all awake before seven, but they oh, can't wow. leave their yes. room even, even in their, yeah, as they grow up, my teenager may sleep till like seven 30. <laughs> so ridiculous. So, so that piece, I've, I feel like that's structured as well. And then trying to find ways to, to continue to pray throughout the day is hard. I still feel like I haven't figured that out. We try to have time at group time as a family in our homeschooling, just to spend time studying the Bible together and praying. It doesn't always happen every day, which, you know, that's a work in progress. I lead our homeschooling group one day a week. And I mean, it's Christ center. We're trying to teach about God in the middle of all the things we're learning. And so I had had to write pray in my lesson plans like six times, both to like pray out loud as like, okay, let's pray about this. And then also just so I can remember to pray because I kind of get going in my day and get doing my things. And I just forget. And then the day finishes. I'm like, oh, I didn't come before the Lord in that. And then anytime I try. So I think we have to have rhythms, like things that get us um, that are set right? The ancients, they often had the offices of prayer. Like they had set hours that they prayed. And there's a lot of value in that of having set hours or routines of every time I try to talk with, meet with someone. I do a lot of, with my leadership in my homeschool group, I do a lot of group meetings. So I try to always start and finish with prayer or start with the word and finish with prayer. Or when I talk to people one-on-one, I always try to always finish with prayer so that we're covering those things in prayer or start with prayer, depending on the circumstances. So I think that's the key is finding those set times, but I'm still finding for trying to figure out how to find those set times in the rest of my day. And then I try to always finish before I go to bed. The last thing I do is like read some scripture and, and pray before bed. Hmm. And that can be, I'm, I'm not a night owl very well. So it's kind of shorter, <laughs> but I try to make that the last thing. I have my Bible next to my bed so that it's like a visual. Okay. I got it. I need to open it and read something before I close my eyes. So that's really good. I love it. Writing it in your planner too. You schedule yeah. it in, you know, cause it will get passed. So mm, I love that. I just stopped having my, I put my phone downstairs at night. So instead of having my phone plugged in next to my bed, it's next, it's downstairs and my Bible's next to my bed. Cause I was like the last thing I was doing before bed was looking at my phone, which is not a good habit on any level. And so I had to just remove it from that location. So I could just have the word. So I think sometimes doing things that remove what's the distraction from the prayer or the Bible reading so that then we can do it. It's helpful. Ooh, I'm challenged. 
So is there anything that before we have to close our time together, is there anything that you would want those listening to know that you didn't get a chance to share or anything else in regards to prayer? This would be the moment. So I love the Pearl House and I love the ministry of the Pearl House and praying for missions is just an important passion of mine. And oftentimes I think we can be overwhelmed with prayer list of all the things we want to pray for. And so that's one thing that's helped me in my prayer life is having structured days that we pray for certain things. So with my kids, we pray for missionaries on Monday. We pray for, um, we don't usually have our prayer time on Tuesday, but Wednesdays we pray for world leaders. So we, we are reading through the top persecuted countries of the world, the Christians, the top Christians that are persecuted. So we're praying for a country each week. And then Thursday, we pray for the church <laughs> and because it's a TH and that, it's Friday, yeah. Friday, we play for friends and family. And so that's just been a good structure for our family time to pray. And um, so I think you need to structure time to pray for, for mission work and to pray, pray for the Pearl house and to pray for friends and family. Right. Cause you can't do it every day. All, I mean, every day, like I would like to pray for all these people every day, but, but then there's just the reality of time. Right. And so having set days to pray set things is super helpful. So then you can also know at the end of the week or the month or the year, you've prayed for those things, maybe not perfectly, but probably better than you would have if you didn't have a list and a set time to pray for those. Mm, that's really good. Okay. How can people find you? Um, yeah. Tell us if they want to get in contact with you. So I'm on Facebook a little bit. Um, Beth Pruitt, P R E W I T T. Well, I know I've loved our time together and I, your hair is fantastic. I wish people, you know, see it. It really is. You're rocking it. And what an inspiration. And just, you can just see the love of Jesus just in all that you're saying and doing. And so I want to affirm you in that and keep it up. Thanks. Keep it's it good up. to talk so, to you. Yeah. So. Thanks for being on. And um, I know everyone's going to be inspired and encouraged. And um, so let's all go and make a difference. Thank you for listening to Make a Difference Monday. If you would like to learn more about how you can make a difference, visit thepearlhouse.org.